Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Mr Speaker. Back on the road on Radio 191 FM. In fact, you didn't go anywhere. You were always on it. So that there was The weekend from Interpol. Before that, we had one from the Japanese house with Maybe You're the Reason. And also No Broadcast with Waste. But right now, me old mate Vivian's in. It's time for politics on a Monday morning. No John Moore this morning. So Morena to you, Vivian. Good morning, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. How was your break? It was good. It was good to get away. And it's um, good to get back. A wee bit, wee bit rejuvenated after that sort of... 10 days off mm-hmm. now do you, do you keep an eye on what's happening like you know politically wise you oh, know do you always you know you are you like always me? always keep one eye open to see what's happening and yeah. um watch the watch the six o'clock news and that's sort of the extent of it but yeah. it was interesting to see sort of um what sort of got snuck in just before the easter break so then everyone sort of forgot about it and had a good time but yes it's, it's been an interesting interesting break yeah i um my herald app is always um being used herald in my um rnz app as well um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Herald now. The yeah, paywall's going to go up. I know, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, how much content we're going to lose. It's just because the stuff app's so shit um, that I tend to use the Herald one instead for mainstream news. Anyway, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting one. Indeed, paywalls in New Zealand are not exactly um, everybody's favourite. No, I remember the, the ODT tried to do it originally and just no one went on their <laughs> website and they were going, oh, what's going on? And oh. then, oh, then they decided that, that probably wasn't the best idea. No, I mean, there's not enough population in Otago and Southland to, well, not even Southland, but the Southland News, um, to sustain a paywall, I would, would think, well, enough audience to do it. Anyway, we better talk about um, some things that have been going on. Um, Labour government, um, well, I'm just going to say Labour, I'm not going to say the Labour government in that term because, you know, they had their own political promises at, uh, during yep. the election, but they promised much, a transformational government, um, you know, tackling uh, child poverty, uh, reversing inequality, growth, uh, and more, much more. Um, tax reform was said to be, you know, the best, you know, the best tool to get the job done. Um, now they have said the centerpiece, the centerpiece of the tax working group, the capital gains tax, uh, is not for them. Um, now, which is interesting, um, you know, from all the talk we heard. But what were some of the other, what were some of the recommendations that you can see um, that you think are quite interesting? Uh, you know, and, and would would they have worked? Um, I think sort of the major changes that were recommended, other than obviously the big ticket capital gains tax, was uh, sort of just the general income tax reforms uh, mm. that were sort of proposed. Um, we have got reasonably low brackets, and it's not unheard of to have higher brackets put in as well. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, so you've got to think that, well, a household that earns $72,000 in New Zealand, that's two people earning the median wage, um, or the median uh, household income. you just got to think that perhaps it's time we sort of spread that along a wee bit more and maybe move that higher income bracket to, say, over $100,000. Uh-huh. And it's sitting at 33%. Um, it was at 35 and then 37 it's slowly decreased over time it's probably time to push those back up and maybe create a new bracket mm-hmm. i know that um within the young nats especially we're looking at talking about a tax-free income bracket for the lowest sort of first twenty thousand dollars you earn yeah but i guess that sort of um these are all recommendations straight out of the tax working group yes and, yes that's um, right some of the other ones that they've they propose that i don't think will 
uh, succeed because I don't think any government's going to really want to be the ones who try and regulate it either like the sugar tax or those sort of small like increases in GST that were proposed it's sort of a bit too hard to to grasp and as much as a progressive GST rate would really really work <laughs> it's unless you get everyone carrying around a card saying how much money they earn it's going to be really hard to implement so I guess out of this tax working group the only big thing was the capital gains tax and all the other ones are minor recommendations that probably won't happen before the 2020 election. GST is an interesting one because it is such a massive amount of our tax take compared to other countries in the OECD. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's always, it's one that probably does need to be looked at. But I'm glad you brought up the 33% because it is quite low. It is. It's really low. and, and um, But it seems high. It sounds high. I mean, it's a third of your income. Yeah, over a certain amount, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah over a yeah. certain amount. So it is, it is quite, um, a, quite a scary prospect of, you know, 45%. Yeah, when you sort of go back to, what was it, 1970s in the UK, where it was like 90 percent Oh, I mean, yeah. even here. It even was, New Zealand, yeah. It was really crazy high. Under the Muldoonist socialist regime. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, and, and that's the yeah. thing you mentioned then as well, because Muldoon and, and those early governments just did things, right? Yeah. You know, and now we live in this age of, uh, you know, because they also were, they came from working backgrounds. You know, all, all politicians, well, not all of them, but the majority of them back in the day, um, you know, they got in there when they were older, they could always fall back on things, they weren't scared, yep. they actually just wanted to see things get done. Do you think we live in a time now where politicians are, you know, getting political degrees at university and, yeah. uh, you know, and seeing this as a career path and an actual career choice to be a minister? A I see, of yeah. A lot of people seem to be entering politics now for themselves, which I think, I find it really annoying. It's on all sides of parliament, like National Labour, mm. especially New Zealand First, all across are really just entering parliament to be an MP, to be a politician. They're not really going with a goal or wanting to do things. They're going to, you know, build their own personal profile. Yeah. And um, it just irks me a wee bit because people used to come with a purpose, yeah. with an agenda, go in and, like, really advocate for it. Yeah. Now you're seeing party, people going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll sit like number you know, 30 on the list and I'll snake, slip in and sit on the back benches. And you're thinking, what's the point in you being here? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's a real shame. Um, and you look back at sort of those older eras where you genuinely everyone was, well, first past the post, everyone was representing yeah. an area. Yeah. So everyone was a strong advocate for whatever electorate you're from. And because of that, um, you got a lot more sort of, I guess, diverse and like strong advocates for very certain social issues. And now we sort of start to see the the people sort of going in and going. I broadly believe everything that say National says, so I'm just going to go sit on the back bench and just vote for everything you say until six years down the track I might move on to the second front bench and slowly progress yep. forward. But why not just jump in and you know try be a strong advocate and just push your way to the front? And I think it's sort of a, a bit of an issue we're seeing now. It's, it's become a career path. It is, it yeah. is. So, it's, you know, and you don't want to lose that job, so you're scared to get things done. But the other thing is, it was first past the post back in the day. So now, you know, you've got to deal with other people, other teams. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and as, I, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, the segment, sorry, um, you know, that was a, that was Labour's promise to do that. But they've got to work with other people, and namely, they've got to work with New Zealand First. New Zealand First, yeah. You know, and, and if anyone wants to do anything in government these days, they want to get in, they have to work with New Zealand, New Zealand First. First. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's sort of it's annoying that that's sort of become the case because I think now the Greens have a really strong mandate to go when New Zealand First they want to pass some um, or block some employment reforms or if they want to pass some sort of education reform that the Greens don't agree with the Greens to go oh no well we're not going to vote for it because remember that time you didn't support the capital gains tax and that was one of our 
like cornerstones yeah well we're not going to support one of your cornerstones mm-hmm. but I just think the, the Greens are way too toothless right now to, to try to do that it's sort of you've got Winston Peters and the Greens and really there's only one seat difference between them yeah. and Winston Peters seems to hold all the power of government and the Greens just seem to be sitting there and doing nothing like imagine if the Greens turned around and said you know what we're not going to vote for the budget unless yeah. you put this in and the Greens have got the power to do that but they are just I guess in love with the fact that they're in government now and it's not, not going to do anything to screw it up I think they've got a lot they want to do as well yeah there's so much they can do and there's so much that you can see them how much it hurt James Shaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah. I think they've got... Greens have to kind of fit, fight their battles because there is a lot they want to do. They, they, you know, they're so different in terms of other governments, in terms of doing things, changing things environmentally, socially. You know, there's a lot of work they want to do in a lot of different areas, um, not necessarily within mainstream politics. Um, they probably fear that if they don't go toe the line with some stuff, they're not going to get anything done that they want at all. They're kind yeah. of picking the smaller bits of what they want to do uh, and letting the kind of bigger fit bits Yeah, sort of picking their battles, I guess, and sort of picking the ones they can easily tick off, like the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, but, yeah, perhaps. Um, you know, you know. Well, the capital gains tax, is, of course, that's the big one. Um, and there were a lot of fours and against capital gains tax, yeah. and there was a lot of fear-mongering around it too, I believe. Yeah. You know, um, I think a lot more people wouldn't have been hurt than maybe was being made out, or maybe, yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong on that one. But, I mean, could it have worked? Is that the kind of progressive tax stuff we, we actually need to get things done in this nation? Or can we work? Can it, will the status quo work? I think, um, or my personal view, um, definitely not shared by many of my young Nats friends, is that we do need a capital gains tax, but it doesn't need to be as high mm. and it doesn't need to have any exceptions. It should be 5% on any capital gain anyone makes. I don't care if it's Mouldy land, I don't care if it's your shares or your family home. I mean, if you're made a capital gain, 5% of that should be taxed. Yeah. But you're never going to see a government support that in New Zealand, at least right now. 5% is better than and, nothing. And right? yeah, and 5%, where we looked at an economics, if you did a 1% capital gains tax that covered everything, it would, like the, the amount of wealth distribution that you can shift would be incredible. Mm. But I know anything over five percent, people get very, very um, sort of touchy around. Yeah. Um, but one percent to five percent of a capital gains tax that has got no exceptions just seems to be the easiest way to do it. So maybe Cullen could have said like, "This is the ideal, I think, this higher yeah. bracket. But this is what I'm going to recommend at this smaller level." Yeah, he said he could have come out and said, "Look." what we should do is a 33% one but I know that no one's going to support this it's crazy. so why don't we do a 5% one and everyone would have gone oh we much prefer that 5% one and done that mm. but I think he just I'm not sure what the whole stunt was but uh, I don't think anyone was even going to support a 33% capital gains tax no no and I mean that might have been the best way to put the brakes on the housing market and some certain yeah. things as well if you're trying to get stuff like that done but if you're actually trying to implement yeah. the tax and actually get some actual money in not necessarily for you know bringing housing prices down, but what you said, you know, transforming poverty. Yeah, actually you know. transferring wealth across, which yeah. is, I guess, the goal. And the the way of doing that doesn't always need to be a change of tax reform. If anything, it could be empowering idea, but more to collect more of the tax because they spend was it every dollar they spend on um, trying to stop tax evasion and collecting more tax, they get about forty dollars back. Mm. Then for every dollar they spend on um, stopping people from um, like committing benefit for all they get about 30 cents back yeah that's something right like, something like that the and numbers are crazy in terms of that's um, insane so why isn't the government investing more on well why don't we just get people to pay all the tax they're meant to pay now and being quite strict on it yeah uh, it's a, yeah the white collar tax fraud compared to the 
you know, yeah. the, what's going on and the I had benefit fraud. You got an extra four dollars a week. <laughs> it's great. It's it's, yeah. it's there's massive amounts of uh, people ripping off the tax system, and then, then you've got to go into trusts and all that kind of stuff. I know, as well. and you can go well. Trust trust law in New Zealand's a, a big one to overturn. I mean, we've got the most trusts per person in any country in the mm. world. For a country of like four point eight million people, we've got seven hundred fifty thousand family trusts. That's insane. Yeah. That's almost every household <laughs> has I mean, a family trust. There's like, talk of our trust being used to avoid tax from o- o- people from overseas. 100%. Yeah, well, I'm currently doing a research writing topic now for my tax law paper yeah. on that, and yeah. it's one hell of a way to avoid paying tax. I mean, you just go, oh, it's a tax it's based in Australia, or you base your trust overseas and you're the beneficiary in New Zealand, so your income can go overseas and come back and not be taxed. It's <laughs> crazy. Or tax a much lower income bracket. It's just one way of uh, avoiding paying your fair share, and maybe that's something the government should really open its eyes to, because I think they've been willfully blind mm-hmm. to it as being an issue for so long, because so many people are affected by it. And I think the people who use trusts are the people who vote. So people, they're very people are very nervous of ever bringing it up as an election issue. Yeah, and therein, therein lies the problem as well, I guess. If you want to get something done, uh, but you're scared of losing your seat, what you've got to do is rally the troops, right? You've exactly, got to, You've yeah. got to get the people to vote, because the people that are going to vote for... Um, well, would be happy with capital gains tax and things like that. And once again, it's the youth. Yeah, young people. Like, a capital gains tax, like, I can't see anyone my age, if you really talk to them and actually explain what a capital gains tax does, no one under the age of 30 should be against it. No. But, you know, the issue is that people are very ill-informed and people also don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a real bummer. They'll vote on sort of clickbait or they'll vote on, like, the, the like those one-liners and that's what they'll vote on as opposed to actually sitting down and considering the policy which is what i like to do i always do the whether it's stuff or herald who do that quiz every election and you yeah, sort of go yeah, oh yeah. i'm 60 percent <laughs> national but look i'm 45 percent maori party and things like that yeah yeah um yeah. i yeah i mean um the only thing that people uh young people are scared of is inheritance tax inheritance tax, <laughs> yeah, inheritance tax yeah. <laughs> yeah death tax death, death tax that was a great campaign <laughs> amazing campaign um so it's i mean it's uh it's weak from the government really it's weak from yeah. from labor uh it's weak from the greens i mean it's exactly yeah. what easy first is going to do yeah you know it's, uh, they're always going to hamstring the government in certain areas and this is one of the ones where I thought maybe the government would put their foot down and said no. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, the things yeah. that the government seems to be losing out on, well, Labour keeps losing out on other other big transformational things. Yeah, it's the big things that will be the things they can hang their hat on and go, look, this is what we did for you. Yeah. These sort of big changes, like the prisoner voting got blocked. Yeah. Um, like, and now this, sort of just adding up all these small things and the employment relations reform for the unions that mm. got blocked mm. and all these things are just getting they're just getting hamstrung at every turn and other than fees free I can't really think of a a really big thing that they've accomplished that they really wanted to. I can't either. And, so, and this is going to be a problem and if Jacinda does get in next time and you know by the numbers at the moment um, they, they will uh, but those numbers are inflated yeah let's, you never know yeah let, let's be honest um you never know you they'll have to get that monkey off, off their back they'll yeah. have to get nz first off their back if they want to actually if if they mean what they say and exactly. that's the other thing because we don't know if they do we, know. we don't you know, know what let, they've done around the back to sort of get that deal through let's remember tppa what a what <laughs> <laughs> we'll never we'll never stand for that david parker i'll never forget him presenting a, a petition to parliament and todd mcclain roasting him and then now he is when he's in government went away and signed it said no no we changed it it's the the C T T T P A. oh, oh yeah, yeah 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 oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. um right um 
Yeah. Right, um, the Prime Minister's off to Paris to host a talk with uh, Macron. Uh, you know, another transformational... Another transformational leader who, <laughs> who uses tear gas as long as own citizens who yeah, protest. That's um, great, that's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to host a talk that brings together world leaders and um, people within the tech companies, and it's not the leader of the tech company, tech company so who, do they really care? Mark Zuckerberg's not going to be there. He's no. going to be sending, you know, some lower-level person um, yeah. in the same... In, in the wake of the white nationalist terror attack in Christchurch, um, hopefully to ratify an agreement designed to stop social media platforms being used to promote terrorism and violent extremism. Why now? I mean, why after Christchurch? It's, I mean, it's the, been an issue for years, yeah. I guess. And um, I guess it's just finally the time where it's really struck at home for New Zealanders. So it's our time where we've gone, oh, crap, this stuff actually does can have a, a really big impact on people. And it's the first time it's ever happened here. Mm. I mean, when you're overseas looking at, say, like, say the attack in Sri Lanka, it's very much in the abstract. You're not, it's not in your backyard. But when what happened in Christchurch, it was so close to home that it's made everyone think about it a bit more seriously and sort of go, well, hang on, this is a huge issue. But why is the world starting to take it a little bit more seriously, too, in terms of this? Cause the, you know. Yeah, I think that maybe the world isn't, but we are. So... The world aren't really taking as much of a notice as we think they are, but yeah. we are just under a dunes going overseas and meeting with Macron, and I don't think this will be as much of a news story in France as, as in New Zealand, Yeah, and you won't see the BBC World News reporting on this, but the fact that they're going to have a big meeting, it will be big news here and sort of big fluff, but I think the big issue that they've got to face is, well, the criticism will be, what is extremism? Mm. And without being able to define that, I mean, you've got Macron and Jacinda Ardern coming together, I mean... What is their definition of extremism? Because it's going to change, and then you don't want to set one in stone, because what extremism is today won't be extremism in, like, 10 years' time. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And the, well, the big thing here, too, is what's extreme to Trump in America. Exactly. Uh, yeah. These tech companies, the majority of them are based in the States, you know, social media platform companies and, and things like that. Um, you know, we've seen what... Um, you know, he... The President of the United States is set after Charlottesville. Yeah. Uh, and, and is, you know, and his backing and following of certain um, certain groups that the Southern Poverty Law Centre would say are extremist groups. Yeah. You know, um, so what he is going to say is extremism and what the United States is going to say is extremism, where these companies yeah. are from, is not necessarily going to be the same as what we would, what the French would. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Every country is different. Mm. And um, I know the UK has got very strong hate crime laws. So what would be extremism in the UK will be a much sort of lower standard as what it would probably be here. But they've, they've still got very strong groups. They've still you got know. a strong gang culture. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, and they've got UKIP, and they've got um, all yeah, these... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and yeah. you've, they've got Tommy Robertson, who's, you know, looking like he's going to get into Parliament. Uh, it's just madness, really. There's, there's people who... Yeah, it's quite scary looking looking at it when you sort of look at it across the spectrum in all the different countries. Oh yeah, um, Sweden, yeah. you know, all, all yeah. through all through Europe, and, it's growing. And back sort of to Trump as well. I mean, he did the speech. It was only yesterday or the day before he did a speech in Wisconsin, and he was ripping out the, oh, the, the governor and he was talking about the NRA and he was talking about abortion and he said, "This governor, I mean, the doctor, like the child's born and then um, they're giving an execution warrant to the baby if the parent doesn't want it." And you're thinking this man like that's got to be some sort of like it's such bad misinformation is that a form of extremism I mean does he really believe that though of course he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you what who who does believe it and that's the the average American voter yeah that's right um, which is the real I think it's the real crisis that's going on right now oh the bible belt 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the dust belt, the Bible belt. The, doesn't quite keep the pants The Midwest. Up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, what is it? What are they seeking to get done? Uh, really, you know, are they? Because how, like you said, how do you, what, what do you say is extremism? What is it? Is it just really extreme extremism? Is it calling for people's deaths? Is it showing videos like the one from Christchurch? Yeah. Um, you know, or are they going to go all the way down to specific hate speech yeah. and is hate it, talk? Is it going to be people expressing their views? And that's sort of, I guess, the, the real harm. I mean, Fraser Anning has just launched his own party in Australia currently that's mm-hmm. He explicitly says he wants to ban Muslim and black immigrants coming into Australia. And that's a classic bit of hate speech, and that's got to be some form of extremism. He's promoting people to stop black people coming into Australia and trying to, like, get some sort of grassroots movement going. He's already got, you know, a thousand members for his party, and if that's not some sort of, like, extremist group, then I don't know what is. But how do you say that he's not allowed to say that because he's expressing a view that's really dumb and won't be supported by the majority of people anywhere in the world but he's got to have that kind of right to express it i mean all all the way down even to hobson's uh, hobson's pledge yeah hobson's pledge exactly you've got to think of that group in new zealand it's one way of interpreting um what hobson says and that's their way of interpreting it i mean it's it's a way of interpreting it um but um yeah, we've just got the right to disagree with it, and we shouldn't be shutting, say, Don Brash or his supporters down. Mm. If anything, give them a platform to to speak, and then give us a right of reply to what they've said, and then allow them to have a right of reply, and that's how you get this sort of open discussion happening. Yeah, but I mean, people that are stuck in their views, and other people that might look at certain views and go, yeah, that sounds right to me, it's hard to, you know, just your average Joe blog on the street, it's hard to change people's minds through debate because a lot yeah. of people don't like to hear I mean they like to hear but they don't like to listen Yeah. Um, so even though you know what's going on with old mate in Australia um, he might have the right to say it and, and it's not actually going to happen or grow that big but there are going to be people and there are going to be some people that are extreme within those groups that are going hell yes yes that's right yeah. and it might actually take up arms or might do something dodgy or dangerous Yeah. Um, from that so I mean is there any way of, of, of stopping that? Is it just, this is just the way it's, it has to be, yeah. just to ensure um, personal freedoms? Yeah, it's it's, in, it's a really hard trade-off. And I think that you've got those extremists within those groups, and perhaps that's where this meeting with Macron, where they do discuss um, the use of sort of monitoring people and monitoring social media. Um, one of the big issues that I know this government's against, and I know National's sort of humming and hiring going for and against it, is the use of some sort of algorithms that can view what you're viewing in a way. Uh-huh. So it'll just be the computers just going through internet service providers and just sort of the ISPs going, okay, yep, you're part of this group, we know that, but there's not an issue unless you're also looking up these 10 other things, and that's the correlation. And then as soon as that happens, you're then on a list and they'll like start monitoring you. In the classic bomb yeah. bush. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> look up George Bush and look up Bomb. They're yeah. going to come and get you. Exactly. That, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I remember when that was a thing. I was typing it in to see yeah, what see would what happen. Yeah, see someone starts watching. And it's sort of, um, whether we need to start, go back to that. I don't know. It's sort of, or restart um, some sort of thing like that. Because uh, we know the government's got the capability to do it, but it's yeah. up to us as the people, I guess, to give them that mandate. Yeah, do they have the right? I mean, do yeah. they have the right to regulate what should be a free and open source Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, because if they have the regu- right to regulate 
all of the internet what's going to happen to 4chan all those poor people on 4chan yeah <laughs> those sort of open message boards yeah, well, yeah which are full of fucking madness nutcases and well you just got to read stuff comments or comments on any post by any politician you got to think goodness me yeah. <laughs> or uh, twitter Dunedin News scares the shit. <laughs> Dunedin News, when you see a post and it's got five likes, but 140 comments, you gotta you got to start reading some of those comments. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. I can't stop it, it's a train wreck. <laughs> I just think these people live in the same city as me. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It really yeah. is scary. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what does happen and what kind of agreement comes out of that, because you, once again, it's going to take some strength, like, to actually do that, which I don't, I, I don't agree technically agree with depending on what is actually they haven't come out of what said what they were going to do um but there are things in there um which i could imagine are, are probably going to obstruct some freedom for yeah, the people exactly um and so it's going to be interesting to see what comes out and, and, and that whole thing about how do you quantify uh what is hate and what isn't is is an interesting debate and i yeah. don't think it's one that's ever going to have a full no, answer so we'll wonder what comes with it yep Oh, no, you were going to say... No, no, that's all right. <laughs> all right. Say, yeah, so the trade-off you've got to make between well, safety and freedom of speech is sort of... There's freedom of speech to a point, but then actual safety, physical safety of people, I think, is where it's sort of got to... Yeah. Yeah. That's got to take some sort of um, high ground when it comes to, to free speech in a way. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed, because we just saw what happened in the synagogue in San Diego. I know. And we saw yeah. where that guy got his inspiration from. And yeah. I can guarantee he read that manifesto and he watched that video. And thought... Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, well, thank you so much, Vivian. That was good. Pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure. Yes, yeah, never a chore. Exactly. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.